e-commerce scaling strategies, traffic, conversions, profitability, investments, and exit strategies. The most successful entrepreneurs reveal their secrets to e-commerce growth. Brought to you by Sales Genomics. This and to everybody who don't know Tyler, we've got Tyler here from, from Dead End Chat. Dead End Chat is an amazing company doing eight-figure customer service. And what they do is they prove day and night to, to, the, to the businesses that customer service is not just a boring kind of activity to minimize your risk that you just need to have in place or, or else your customers would eat you alive. But it's actually a... <laughs> Uh, a massive revenue driver for your business and it, it can for sure be um, if you're doing this right a massive driver of retention massive driver of conversion improvements massive driver of ROAS um, and also and also of uh, kind of word of mouth marketing right so hi Tyler how's it going hey what's up thanks for having me I'm doing pretty great <laughs> you know no complaints yeah, sweet. So the reason I'm excited about this topic today as well is because so many people have been struggling recently with their customer feedback score on Facebook. And the reason being, you know, the infamous COVID situation uh, because of all the shipping delays, you know, not just uh, or the supply side issues. You know, if you're drop shipping, you might have some 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 shipping delays. If you're if you're running some a private label brand, you might have supply side issues, right? And maybe you've you've been running on pre-orders and things <laughs> like that. All of those things may have resulted in you having issues with customers not getting your products in time, which means angry customers, which means um, you know, bad, bad reviews, which means Facebook lowering your quality score, which can be detrimental to a business, which, uh, which we're going to get to, to in a second. So today, me and Tyler, we're going we're gonna to talk about, you know, like this, uh, a little bit of unsexy topic, if you will, uh, because customer service, as I mentioned, it's get a, it gets a, you know, wrap of being in, a necessity. But we're going to show you that it's that it can be much more, and we're going to show you how to solve all the customer, all the Facebook customer feedback score issues once and for all. How to prevent them from happening? What are some kind of basics and one-on-one of of, of, of customer service, the, regardless when you're doing you know like ten orders per day or if you're doing eight figures on a monthly basis. So. Um, cool. Tyler, so first question to you. What's your story as an e-commerce owner and uh, how did you, you know, become from, from an e-commerce owner? How did you end up uh, running customer service for other stores as well? Yeah. Um, I started um, as, I think, similar to yourself, um, really honing in learning the, these advertising platforms um, out of college. I, you know, you want to sell anything online it seemed like google facebook youtube was the, was the was like the new frontier of getting your name your word your product your service out into the world um so i learned just like you have um how to advertise on facebook uh, and then we started launching our own products um uh drop shipping first and then doing private label amazon shopify all that stuff um, something that we kept running into as a problem was customer service. And um, we tried to outsource it to agencies. A lot of them were really expensive or had surge fees. Um, and then when we went to handle our customer service ourselves, the costs are really high in the U.S. Um, for 
employees that manage customer service. Um, so we tried to figure out this problem for ourselves. Um, and we developed a, like a little training program to train, um, agents, customer service employees in Latin America and the Philippines to handle all of our customer service, um, for us. Uh, and it worked out really well. We were in LA at the time. Um, we were sharing our methods with our friends, um, who also had companies and then we launched it as a service, uh, early last year in 2019. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That, 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 that sounds good. And uh, also, you know, like one thing that I wanted to point out is what you guys do different from, uh, from some, from some businesses that are basically just getting, you know, it's, it sounds super easy, like get, get a, you know, get customer service reps in the, in the Philippines or stuff like this. I remember my first time hiring an assistant. I literally mm -hmm. burned through eight different assistants between it and before I found a really good person. So like that's, you know, it may sound easy, but it's not, it's not as easy as it may sound. But so, yeah, so first question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, what uh, customer service do you, what's, what's a better solution for an e-commerce entrepreneur, whether dropshippers or <coughs> private label brands, uh, outsource or keep it house? What's your take on that? Uh, you know, I think that depends on your needs and um, how like close your relationship is with your brand or how um, uh, maybe you have a uh, product or, or service that is um, very versatile and lots changing with your offering and you constantly need to update how you interact with your customers. I would say, I know that's kind of broad, but in this case, you would probably want to keep your uh, customer service in-house. Um, and we realized this is the case for a lot of companies. So we have a service that we call customer service as a product. Um, and we put uh, our agents, um, like a, essentially we train up an agent, all of our operating procedures, all of our um, checklists, <clears throat> all of our training protocols, um, and hand them to you to manage your customer service for your systems using your through PL, using your, um, whether it's WooCommerce or Shopify or big commerce. Um, we, we train someone up so they can handle the customer service for your team, whether that's two, three, five, 10 or 50 agents. Uh, we can train them up, put them through our training procedures and then hand them off to your team so that you can manage them with low effort. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. like one thing you pointed out that I wanted to double stress is that is that you know like if you've got a complex project product with a lot of variations with you know where the user manual is is not that straightforward and where you know like it's it's the customers need really need to get educated on uh, on on how to on how to use the product then probably your best bet is going to be to keep customer service in house if you're shipping something that's you know self explanatory right. <laughs> which is, you know, apparel, uh, any kind yeah. of fashion accessories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, so that's, 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 the, that's the first decision, decision three points, right? Yeah, um, exactly. What else, what else do you think is worth, is worth considering? For the decision on whether to keep your customer service in-house? Yeah. You know, it's ultimately going to be up to you um, and how, you feel like you can, if you, if you trust an outsourced team to, um, I mean, the other one that comes to mind to me is brand. Uh, so if you want to 
to speak in your brand voice and you want your interactions with your customers pre and post order to happen in your voice uh, and you want to have more control over that, then I would say keep it in-house. Um, something that we offer when we uh, engage with our clients is um, building responses, macros, they're called in Zendesk and um, Gorgeous, in that customer's brand voice. So we have copywriters in-house that like, can build responses for all of your general and outlier questions that you get um, post and pre-order. So that when we are responding, we um, it sounds like it's coming from you. It sounds like it's coming from your voice. But if you want to have really strong control over how this interaction is happening and how your voice sounds to your customers, then I would say keeping it in-house is uh, a good way to go or working with someone mm -hmm. like us yeah. that can... Mm -hmm. Be respectful and at the of same time, voice. you know, like if, if scale, if you have to on the on the other side of the spectrum, you wanna you wanna be aware of, you know, like how many <clears throat> kind of bottlenecks you're creating that may prevent you from or slower or slow down significantly <laughs> your your scaling potential, right? If you're outsourcing, yep. if you just literally need like you know very simple SOPs, macros, and things like that, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and you want to just, uh, you know, like continue to push the budgets, um, then, you know, like outsourcing is definitely fastest than training in-house. But, but from, from what I, so what I, what I really like mm -hmm. about what you guys are doing as well is the fact that, uh, is this, is this customer service as a product? Cause like, you know, having someone who's able to like a customer service head is like, who's able to, 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 to train customer service reps is, is a massive asset, right? So if you, you know, if you, if you don't want to have somebody like that on the payroll, like a um, head of customer mm -hmm. service, then, you know, like using a company like Tyler's didn't chat uh, is, is a great or idea. Or even if you do cool. want to have a head of customer service and you want to use our training protocols and you want to use our trained agents um, because they're trained with all of our, procedures and macros they know the systems really well rather than train them yourself then that's when we can hand them off to your head of customer service or whoever is managing yeah um customer yeah. success within your organization exactly so you know you want to make sure that you start to think about customer support early because as you're scaling up and as your order volume starts to increase you eventually may start hitting some bottlenecks and angry customers if your customer service reps are not able to to sustain the the volume of of tickets right so what are some um so to to preempt kind of that if i'm a smart e-commerce owner and i want to plan what what may await for me uh, in my uh, scaling journey and my customer yeah. service journey, what are some of the common mistakes and problems that, that business owners encounter with, related to customer service? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be um, circumstances that you can't foresee, like a global pandemic uh, being one <laughs> that, um, you know, massively spikes the amount of tickets that you're seeing every day. Uh, in order to have what we think, a um, a system that is de-risking your you know customer support team. You need to um, partner up with an agency like myself or others that have pools that um, the pools of agents to pull from that they can train and implement really really quickly. So that when there is an unexpected surge within a week or even a few days, um, that whoever you're working with to manage your support your customer support 
is prepared for it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really, that's really it when it, when it comes to risk management from customer support, you need to have pools of people. I mean, if you um, are averaging 10 tickets, and we've seen this happen, averaging 10, 15, 20 tickets a day, and then all of a sudden that bumps up to 500, you just can't respond to everybody. Um, and customers these days are really spoiled. They expect to get responses really fast. So if, if you get backed up quickly, customers like you, your words will eat you alive on social media. <laughs> uh, it becomes very public and hard to get rid of. Your Facebook review score goes down. Your CPM is increased because Facebook sees that, um, yeah, that your customers are happy. Um, so and being prepared, as I think, is having a location or a pool of agents <laughs> that can handle, that are already trained, who can handle any surge um, volume of tickets, which we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, how do you how do you actually maximize <clears throat> the efficiency of your agents? How do you increase the amount of tickets one person can handle? What are some tools that, for example, applications like like Zendesk have mm -hmm. in place to to maximize the efficiency? Yeah, uh, the simple answer is macros, um, and macros are just templated responses. Um, that are smart and built into these customer service platforms and desk and gorgeous. Um, so you know your customers better than ever. So when you work with someone like us, we would build a series of macros and generalized responses. They can be altered slightly. So um, an agent can handle a response really, really quickly because we have 30 different templates based off of how if a customer is angry, if they want to return or if um, you know, if they need a new product or if they're trying to scam you, like having all these templated responses is really the way to maximize your efficiency in customer support. Cool. So how do you structure a good customer service teams? Is, the, is it going to be just, you know, like you as a business owner and then, and then like loads of different agents or do you at some point want to introduce some kind of some kind of managers some kind of heads of department what is what is mm -hmm. the what are the typical customer service structures and especially how do the how how would that change when you're when you're scaling from you know five six to seven and eight figures mm -hmm. um so the way we do it is we have um we have a lead like a a customer service lead who is really intimate with this particular brand. So you'd have a in-house, you'd have a customer service lead who's really intimate with all of your um, solutions, right? And then you have several agents that live underneath this lead um, who who act as like, like kind of backup. So what we do is um, every morning, uh, our lead will schedule a meeting with the, um, the customer service reps that are underneath this particular brand and go over all of the categorized ticket volumes that have come through. So we have pre-categorized tickets as they come in, whether it's they see keywords like refund or, um, you know, where's my order, simple things like that. And yeah, there is no, it's not extremely complicated. Um, it's getting someone super intimate with your brand to manage your other support members and agents. Um, and it's uh, like, I think 
a lot of CEOs talk about this. Um, if they want to, they, they need someone in place that is the closest or intimate with their vision when they're gone so that they trust, they can trust this person to make decisions. I think it's a similar kind of way of thinking about it. One thing in our customer service is you want someone who's really intimate with your brand so that they can make decisions without you, who's managing, um, you know, all of your ticket volumes. And then of course, outsourcing it to, uh, to agents accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely. You want to have somebody who's orchestrating all of that, maintaining the, the SOPs and, and macros mm-hmm. and things like that. Cool. Uh, so now let's talk about the, the, the kind of the hottest topic in the, in the recent days, which is the customer service, uh, customer feedback score on Facebook and how to fix it uh, and how to never get your Facebook ads account uh, banned again by fixing <laughs> your customer experience, right? And one unexpected thing that we wanted to talk about here is that, uh, you know, like how this impacts not just whether you can run on Facebook, but how profitably you can run them. So uh, Taylor, so what has your experience been with, uh, with customer feedback score and like how having a negative score actually impacts your business? Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. One, one thing that Facebook does, uh, if someone clicks on an ad, in Facebook and then purchases from you. Um, Facebook sends out random surveys, the post-purchase. Maybe this has happened to you, maybe it's not. Um, but th- th- this is how Facebook um, monitors the success and the happiness of customers who've purchased from vendors who are running Facebook ads on their platform. Um, and it's a really simple survey. And if you, um, if you get a lot of happy customers on the survey, Facebook will increase the cost of your CPMs. Um, CPMs being you know, cost per million views, right? Or cost per thousand um, views of your impressions on your ad. Yeah. So in ways, even if you have a unhappy customer um, who maybe it took 30 days for them to get their order, but if you were proactive with them in, the, in that 30 day period, the likelihood of them giving you a positive score when that survey goes out is much higher. Um, the other thing that a way we like to think about it, uh, customer service is customers are listening to you more than ever post order. Uh, that's when they want to hear from you a lot. So if you have to send them seven emails between the time that they get their, when they place their order by the time it delivers, because of a delay, that's seven chances you get to build a relationship with your with your customer, right? Um, <clears throat> and I mean, we've seen it, I mean, with our brands, if we have a delay and if we're communicating with them on it, like every other day, every two days, people are forgiving. Um, but a lot of brands, what we see them do is when they, they like to retreat from the scenario, if they have a, uh, a like a thousand orders that have been delayed, they like to retreat and stay silent. So the customer isn't reminded that their product hasn't been delivered for 30 days, right? And that's not the way to yeah. go about it at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, so literally <laughs> yeah. like what I, 
what I've heard recently is somebody asked me, hey, do I actually want to message my customers? Like, if I message them, then they will remember that they were supposed to get something from me. Yeah. So it's a bad yeah. thing. But this is the other way around. Like, if people, exactly, if you're communicating with them, they appreciate you being upfront, right? It's like if, you, if they message you, they have to message you, and they're already angry, and then you're coming up with an excuse and you're being apologetic, then this is a cop-out, right? And this is not going to be appreciated by the customers. Yeah. The kind of stuff that gets you negative reviews. Well, if you're, you know, even if the delay is massive, if you just keep communicating with them, you know, offer, mm -hmm. you know, be proactive in terms of offering refunds to some people, like most of them will still not take it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing, I mean, things are going to happen. That you, if you're a merchant that sells online, you're going to have angry customers. Um, if you sell a lot online, you're just a lot of averages. You're going to get unhappy customers. Um, the way that we see to make sure that unhappy customers aren't affecting your CPMs is asking, it's pretty simple, asking for reviews from positive conversations on your Facebook page. Um, so there's product reviews is what usually, right, your automatic emails from Yotfo or whatever app you're using to get your reviews off of um, on your site. So that when someone's looking at your product, they see the positive reviews. This is Facebook page reviews. It's not product specific, but this score uh, determines how uh, determines the cost of your CPMs to an extent. So what we do is we have all those automated review requests for product product products specifically going out post order. But when we're having conversations with people in customer service, we train we train all of our agents if they have a positive conversation to link them to the Facebook review and not the website review. Um, this way you're proactively um, increasing the amount of uh, reviews that you get five star, four star reviews on your page. So that if you have a massive delay and you get you know, 101 stars, it's not going to affect your averages um, as much. And therefore yeah. it won't affect your CPMs as much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And especially recently with the customer feedback score. So, you know, it's uh, like it's, it's, it's a really new thing, relatively new thing, right? So we're still figuring out what aspects of customer experience and what kind of points of feedback from customers matter uh, when it comes to uh, how they impact, what kind of weight they have on your uh, on your on your on your feedback yeah. score right so like what we noticed for example is you know linking those customers back you know to to like your page on facebook but also to you know we give them instructions for example on how to actually find the recent ad activity so there's a tab on facebook you know recent ad activity on your personal profile if we advise the customers on how to find that place, right, and then actually leave feedback on the ads, which is probably like the biggest way. And especially if you have a history of having triggered a purchase event. So if you're, if you have been a customer and you have left a, a, a mm -hmm. feedback on, on the ads, it's going to have a much higher weight on the customer feedback score than if you just, you know, like were any kind of visitor. So I see a exactly. lot of people trying to, yeah, I see a lot of people trying to play around with the customer feedback score, be it to, you know, fix their own score uh, amidst COVID, uh, you know, delays and things like that, or to actually harm their competitors. I've actually seen this happening. So really? they would just deploy a mass. Yeah, yeah. And this is 
this is this is why it's important to actually know it's possible and how to counteract that by like mastering your customer service but you know what people would do this so they would find a lot of you know like uh kind of click farms on in pakistan or any other country right and they would literally just burst um you know and deploy those people to leave negative yeah. feedback on the ads of competitors right and um but like we're uh, facebook is getting smarter so you've seen this as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So Facebook knows now if you've been a customer or not. So if you haven't yeah. triggered a, a purchase event, your your feedback is not going to have as much weight as 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 if you did, right? So what, yep. what, what's your experience of that as well? Have you seen the same thing? Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen um, competitors trying to maliciously uh, you know decrease people's customer service feedback score, which is wild. Um, but yes, I mean I think. The customer feedback score was released around the same time that they started pushing these surveys post-purchase. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, very good point. Mm -hmm. So uh, we mentioned that you know, like it's not just the customer feedback score does not only impact whether you can advertise at all because if your account is or if your page is under penalty, under penalty, you cannot run any ads whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, while if you want to, uh, the, the important thing you mentioned, I want to stress it again about the CPM differences that, uh, you know, if you have a positive score, your ads are literally cheaper. So it's, so your, so your ads are going to be more profitable than your competition. So this can be like, um, um, so customer service and getting positive feedback is going to be one of the most important factors when, if you want to scale and stay profitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's. I mean, it's, it makes logical sense because Facebook doesn't want to litter their feeds or customers' feeds with um, businesses who are malicious, that don't take care of their customers, um, who have bad feedback scores, right? That makes logical sense. Um, so they're going to show those pages less when they're spending. Um, so yeah. It's not a, yeah, a complicated thing to understand, right? It's... Facebook, which is, I think it's really cool that Facebook is doing because it's um, making businesses, um, they, have to they have to take care of their customers now, right? Uh, if they want to keep spending profitably on Facebook. Yeah. So what are the, let's, let's, let's get a little bit more actionable. So for our viewers that want to implement some kind of program to maintain and increase their, uh, their customer feedback score, what are the simple, simple tips they can, you know, include yeah. in their customer service macros, et cetera, to, to yeah. improve that. So you can, uh, in your Facebook settings and reviews, you can create an embed link. It's pretty simple. Um, you look it up on Google. And we, what we do is when we have a positive conversation with, um, with a customer, we kindly ask them, and these are in our macros, like kind conversation macro, um, that includes this embed link for that customer. So we have saved all of our, um, all of our clients review embed links, and they live in all of our macros, uh, our kind macros for that customer specifically. So to start including that link, um, for inside, um, you know, the, the dialogue that you're having with your customers post order, uh, you'd be surprised how willing people are to, um, share positive reviews after they have a good conversation with you. Um, yeah. yeah, 
And it's it's from what from from my experience, it's gonna be like way higher ratio than when we try to basically uh, put put uh, those kind of review requests into post purchase email sequences, right? Yeah. So people are you know like the the conversion rate from that is is definitely lower. So but, much but you still want to do yeah. it. Yeah. So you still want to do it. Like I would say, another tip is to put into your you know post purchase sequence. Uh, and you may want to narrow it down to people who had some positive experience from you. So maybe people who left your review. Uh, so if you're using Clavio, you can just target people who gave you five-star reviews or people who purchased from you multiple times. So, you know, number of purchases, uh, mm -hmm. you know, greater or equal to two. And you want to target those guys and asking them for uh, asking people for reviews as well. So that's another mm -hmm. tip. Yeah, and make and I think the key thing here is that you're asking people to review specifically within your Facebook page. Um, yeah, because if you're trying to repair a uh, damaged feedback score, it it's not going to be as valuable to have that review on your site for a specific product. It's got to be on that Facebook page because that's where all of your your ads are being ran through. So yeah. Nice so below this video, I'll basically attach a uh, instructions on uh, that that we give our customers and how to leave uh, feedback on the ad specifically to improve customer feedback score, so that so that you can go ahead and just implement it right away, right? So so this is uh, so those are the solutions to you know long term solutions to maintain uh, your and, and increase your customer feedback score if everything is is going is going uh, you know is going well. Right. If your shipping is still impacted, this is not a sub substitute for, you know, fixing your shipping times and everything and improving your communication post purchase uh, with your customers. Right. So like use the uh, use the tracking codes, uh, enable customers to track your shipping. That's really good. Over deliver on communication post purchase in your post purchase email flow and things like that. Uh, those are another useful tips. And if you really need to, you know, fix your customer feedback score short term, what you can do is you can use your customers or, you know, like even invite your friends or family to purchase from you. But you want to make sure to you want to make sure to actually have them, you know, give them some kind of discount codes so that they can actually act as purchasers and then guide them to to leave you uh, feedback on your uh, on your uh, on your ads. Right. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. I think Great this topic, stuff. we've probably exhausted it, you know, like this topic is as new <laughs> yeah. to everybody. And I feel that, you know, F Facebook is probably going to follow a similar trajectory as Amazon when it comes to the way they handle reviews. Um, so basically Amazon, to, to those who don't know, you know, they went from just allowing people to, uh, and just allowing anybody to leave reviews on products, but then, you know, very quickly they realized that people were abusing it and just, you know, like leaving loads of reviews from people who didn't purchase. So then there was a you know verified review system, and then people tried to drive you know those discounted purchases, running Facebook ads to you know to a landing page. You get a discount, and then you purchase from the brand. You leave a review, but then Amazon got smarter, and you know the, those discounted purchases don't count as much as full full price purchases towards. Mm -hmm. uh, towards your reviews, yeah. right? So, uh, so now like the best system that works for Amazon sellers to boost reviews is if, you know, you're encouraging customers to, to, to buy, you know, a full price sale and then you're giving them a rebate basically after that, like cashback. 
So I think mm -hmm. Facebook is eventually going to follow the same direction. So if you want to implement this kind of program you need for your own brand where, you know, you're incentivizing rebates, uh, you're incentivizing full-time, full-price purchases, and then allowing, telling people that, hey, I'm going to give you a full cashback if you leave us a review. So this is the kind of incentive that, that you can experiment with for your own brand as well. Mm -hmm. Cool, Tyler. So now let's let's talk about. Uh, I really wanted to exhaust this topic of the of the feedback score. I think it's yeah, really think. important for a lot of people. <laughs> but now let's talk about how to actually make customer service um, increase uh, revenue, right? So how do you how can you use? What are some some examples uh, of how you can use customer service to build lasting customer loyalty and increase lifetime value? Yeah, um, so we talked about this in the beginning, um, and it's you know it's fairly intuitive, right? Uh, a lot so CPM or the cost for acquisition is constantly going up on Facebook. Um, so the, as your cost to your acquire customer goes up um, for one purchase, you you start in order to keep your ads profitable. Um, you need to increase the lifetime value of your customer. Um, that could be, you know, lifetime value of a customer could be a purchase for themselves or as a gift for, um, for others. So, I mean, it's really just using your intuition, right? Um, and training your customer service agents to, to, to like, use situational awareness um, when someone is happy with you. Um, you know, if you're selling as it starts to, as your orders start to go up in volume and you're selling thousands, tens of thousands of products um, per month, there's going to be a lot of positive conversations that your agents are having with customers. Um, so something that we do is we offer discounts for like gifts. Hey, if you, like, we saw that you really like this, the love that you um, enjoyed our product. Father's day is coming up. Mother's day is coming up. Um, is this something that you think, your friend or your daughter or your mother would like. Uh, and we'll just share discount codes inside of emails uh, in dialogue. So these aren't automatic abandoned carts or post purchase emails, but these are, um, you know, custom responses that we train our agents to use with macros um, after a positive conversation with the customer. And at scale, these numbers start to go up, um, you know, quite a bit. So that's mm, something that's simple really that we use. So yeah. you're essentially turning your, you're turning your customer service into a sales team. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly, really interesting. Yeah. So you can essentially increase the card values through this. I really like this idea. And so what kind of, you know, like if you, if you don't have an answer, no worries, but like what kind of, uh, you know, percentage increases have you seen in terms of the card value or, or revenue through those kind of activities? Have you been yeah. tracking any of that? I don't know if I have, that number specifically um but in terms of like conversion value i can tell you um for a specific brand that's uh had a little over a thousand tickets for the month that we converted of those conversations um i think we converted like two percent into into sales so mm -hmm. yeah so that's yeah, so yeah. that's actually 20, a difference between a lost sale and a refund and an upsell, right? So yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, like, so, yeah, small, so the ratio, small but significant. Yeah, and it's, and it's scale. Um, 
depending on your average order value, um, that, that, um, that can be, that can be the difference between, um, you know, an ad being profitable or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And also just, just crossed my mind. Have you experimented with using those kind of indicators of a positive experience? So, you know, like positively resolved tickets as an opportunity to introduce some kind of affiliate programs with, so using your customers or as, you know, brand ambassadors for your brand. You haven't? We haven't. That's mm -hmm. something I would, I would really love to explore. And that might be an, an interesting, you know, point yeah. of entry towards those kind of systems as well. Very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It, it all depends on the, the brand that you've built too and what type of customers, um, what type of customers you have. So, but yeah, I think that a lot of brands that have a kind of like viral community cult following um, could see tremendous benefit from um, uh, adding that in to their dialogue when they're communicating with customers post-order. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think one question that is also interesting to ask is when, as an e-commerce owner, when would you say to consider outsourcing your customer service? Would you say to do it from day one or would you rather say that, hey, you need to get to know your customers a little bit because from your customer conversations, you can get like, you know, uh, yeah. feedback or understanding want. how your ads are doing. Yeah. I, I, I would say you definitely want to handle it yourself for as long as you can uh, to, re to really intimately get to know your customer. That is going to be a different number for everyone, depending on their aptitude for <laughs> handling customer service emails um, and how much time they have to run their business. <clears throat> but we see people coming to us uh, when, when the ticket per day gets to be like north of 20 or 40 oftentimes um, because it can, you know, depending on the ticket, uh, there could be like dialogue back and forth. Uh, a ticket can take, you know, several minutes to, to complete. So once you're getting up to 30 to 40 tickets a day, you're spending several, several hours responding to emails. <laughs> yeah. But again, as an, as an completely owner, up to the you person. reinvest can definitely yeah. reinvest wiser, right? Especially as you've built those, you know, those SOPs and things like that, which let's talk about this a little bit. So how do you structure, how, how do you structure SOPs and FAQs? And, um, you know, what can you tell us about the escalation flowchart to, you know, kind of minimize refunds and create this wolf factor customer experiences? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the term you use is escalation. Um, and so, a lot of these customer service apps, they have like escalation features um, to push like priority tickets up to the top of like the to-do list for, uh, for your agents. So you can escalate tickets depending, again, this comes with knowing your brand intimately. Um, so if like you, you typically want to escalate tickets from customers who are really upset or have been mistreated in some way or forgotten. You know, a lot of the times that is maybe a damaged order or something was sent to them incorrectly and there was an error from 3PL. Um, so it's <clears throat> building these SOPs is knowing the responses that you're getting on a daily basis, the customer inquiries you're getting on a daily basis and 
building the escalations inside Zendesk or Gorgeous or whatever platform you're using um, based off of keywords inside the emails. So exclamation points, capital letters, the word refund, the word sucks, right? All these the keywords that you can develop and it gets better and better as you go uh, and as you build out these systems. Um, but it's really, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have like a quick go-to answer for developing your SOPs. Um, it's it's yeah. really just knowing your brand intimately and your customers intimately. Um, so that by the time you are doing lots of volume that you can categorize and build these escalations in for yourself, specifically for your company. Absolutely. I think it's just good yeah. to be familiar with those terms and, you know, the potential things you need. So SOP, standard operating procedures, FAQs, frequently asked questions, you want to have that. And, you know, if you're getting ready to, to hire your first uh, customer reps, you want to put those frequently asked questions together because then your, your guys will have a much, yeah. uh, you know, much, much <clears throat> less steep um, learning curve. Yeah, right? yeah. Help for sure. And yeah, it's simple. And that's one of those things that every brand I think does that probably has. Um, it's a simple, a lot of the times your responses can be pre um, handled just by sending someone to a fact page. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that also maximizes your efficiency, right? So I think Zendesk has this feature of guides. I'm not sure they have it still, but yeah. So speaking of which, like what's the best, what's your favorite app for customer support or like the favorite two or, and what would the choice for a particular brand depend on? Yeah. Uh, gorgeous is probably the best for e-commerce. I would say, um, they, mm -hmm. and the reason is their UI. So they, they pull, off data from Shopify WooCommerce and put it right in front of you inside of Gorgeous. So that when you're sp responding to a customer, all of their information is right in front of you. So it pulls from your 3PL, pulls from Shopify. <clears throat> so you don't have to switch between pages between Shopify and Zendesk and your 3PL. Um, it's like it's a dashboard for all of your customers. So that as soon as you start replying, you know exactly what, the, what they've ordered, when they've ordered, what they've rated you, if they've reviewed your products, like pretty much everything. Um, and there's tons of really incredible automation tools. Uh, Gorgeous really did build a um, a customer service tool specifically for e-commerce brands. I mean, Zendesk is incredibly powerful, um, and they've you know the industry leader for a long time. But Gorgeous took the time to like, reinvent <clears throat> reinvent it for like Shopify stores. Almost, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So if you're a Shopify vendor, you want to go for, for Gorgeous and Zendesk mm -hmm. is just probably still the, 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 the most well-known app uh, yeah. right there. So I'm going to put below this video, I'm going to put links to, to all those apps. And again, I'm going to also put a link to, uh, to instructions on how to encourage your customers to leave feedback on your ads so that you can uh, protect, maintain, and improve your customer feedback score in no time. Um, and yeah, uh, and uh, any other links that we need to, and I'll also put, post a link to Didn't Chat, which is Tyler's, uh, Tyler's agency, if anybody is interested in, you know, like getting to know them more or just getting to know uh, the the potential of those kind of, of what customer service are, are capable, customer service agents can be capable of. Cool, Tyler. Cool. 
So thanks a lot for, for being here. Let me just see if we've got any, any questions about customer support, but it seems that we've exhausted the topic pretty well. So uh, <laughs> any last remarks or any kind of resources that you can point people to if they want to know more about customer service? Um, I mean, I would say come to us. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of great um, resources on, on customer service. And again, it's, it's a topic that is, um, is often overlooked and not extremely complicated. Just you know, take care of your customers. When it comes to, there's a book that I would recommend specifically for customer success. It's Delivering Happiness um, by the founder mm. of Zappos, Tony Shea. That's um, Great book. probably the Zappos is probably the authority on customer service. They're well known for um, a bunch of wild, incredible things. Like they encourage their customers to call them for problems outside of things that they buy from their store. So um, very, mm -hmm. he has a very interesting way of looking at uh, customer support. I think he even calls himself a customer service company that sells shoes. Delivering happiness. So yeah, I'll also yeah. post the post the link to Delivering Happiness by, by Tony Shea, which is a great book and I recommend it as well. So thanks a lot, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. Super yeah, cool. Likewise. And yeah, looking forward to our next to our next webinars. Have a good one. Likewise, brother. Take care. Thanks a lot for staying till the very end. This was e-commerce scaling strategies by Sales Genomics brought to you by Matt from Sales Genomics. If you're interested in more tips and strategies on how to scale your e-commerce business, visit our Facebook group called e-commerce scaling strategies by Sales Genomics or Thanks follow us on staying till the very end. This was e-commerce scaling strategies by Sales Genomics brought to you by Matt from Sales Genomics. If you're interested in more tips and strategies on how to scale your e-commerce business, visit our Facebook group called e-commerce scaling strategies by Sales Genomics or follow us on social media.